Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Doctopus Cephalo Podcast. The only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriard Podcast Networks. And as always, we are brought to you tonight by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. I am your host of the moment. My name is Parasite Steve, a.k.a. Steve Van Sampson, a.k.a. Steve Parasite guy i don't even know my own names i have too many it's you know at this point at this point i don't even know what's going on but i will tell you this i don't have my cohorts today they are off on sabbatical in mordor they're 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 trying to learn what they can learn of the black speech and maybe we can you know use their intel later on we'll see maybe in a future episode but for now it's just me and uh i have a really fun guest who's been on the show a couple of times and we're happy to have him back we're excited we're trying to try to get a episode with this this topic with him for quite some time and this is our buddy lake lake jaden from all the way from from iceland lake buddy welcome back to the show hello i have the best internet <laughs> in iceland over here <laughs> they that's where they keep it they keep it in iceland uh we have i have notoriously the worst internet of of the group of us i i don't know why i just do i just have terrible internet um but uh that's okay we uh we we do what we do so welcome back to the show buddy Thank you. um yeah uh so you know you're four hours ahead of us uh you've been on a couple episodes we we talked about uh back to the future we talked about what it was like to grow up uh, as a geek in iceland if you guys are interested Mm. check out some of those episodes from season four and uh this tonight we're actually recording our very first of season five our very first crow's nest (laughs) kind of funny we sort of just haven't done one this year not like intentionally but just kind of hasn't happened we've done a a lot of brigs but not too many of uh of the caw caw bird things and that's uh that's for those of those of you who might not know that's when we just kind of open it up and we have not a lot of structure we don't do an octopond or anything like that and we're just talking about a topic in this case lake what's our topic what is this thing that you are such a mega fan of that you have been dying to talk to us about what is it uh what he said (laughs) the lord of the rings Yes, uh, in Iceland we say "Hringarðrothin Sire," which sounds sounds more badass. I gotta. Say. I mean, it sounds just so. I can't even try it. I'm not gonna. Try I'll it. I'll even read the the ring quote in Icelandic later. 
Oh, well, that's a that's something to look forward to then. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so Lord of the Rings, like this is something that, you know, I consider to be one of my biggest fandoms. Um, mm-hmm. it's obviously one of your biggest fandoms. Um, and we're just gonna kind of talk as fans and geeks and 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 go through like why we love this so much and you know what our opinions are on the various incarnations of these things. So I think that uh with very little structure to crow's next nests i think it'll probably behoove us to have a little bit of structure so because lord of the rings has just been around for so long and it's so big and it's so loved um i want to make sure we do it a little bit of justice so let's say let's start with the books and we'll talk about our experiences like when we first read them and you know and kind of go through our opinions on them and then we'll go to the movies and then we'll go to the games and anything beyond with uh with that segment and uh we'll just see how long it is and you know keep six it six hours yeah probably not definitely not i'm gonna cut you off if you're talking at six hours all right like <laughs> it's just that's my hard stop time um yeah so do you want to get us started on on the books when um, was it i do have the actually i have the copy that i had when i was little and people might think like yeah he probably is holding in his hand like a copy of the hobbit or the first lord of the rings book or mm-hmm. something like that but no my first introduction to uh lord of the rings was uh jrr tolkien ringar drotten saga furunati ringsins fyrsti afhangi which is uh what would you call this this is this is a comic mm-hmm. but it's not like you would okay. think you know. I would, uh, yeah. So I would, I would say that that's a comic book adaptation of of the. Is that the first book, or is it the entire? Yeah, this is. Um, I got all three. Okay. Oh, quite cool. short, and they go really fast through everything, which is like really confusing. Like what? Right. But, it's kind of like mean, <laughs> the 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 it cartoon. It's kind of interesting that my first time experiencing the world was not like many others. They read the books and they had to imagine how everything mm-hmm. looked i already saw like the first page gave me kind of how it looks in the movies actually even you know um right yeah kinda, like and off in the group and and um pretty cool i mean legolas looks i mean this is how i saw it for the first time and, and bottom it has like a viking helmet and stuff like this is time this is a little bit different gimli <laughs> is looking strange but like the art style in this this is um this is from uh samic studio in amsterdam okay who's the who's the artist and i was trying to figure out the artist it's uh strange that i i just can't find it and as i was i should have probably looked it up before but the style the style is very like old marvel mm-hmm. looking and I, I you know there's a yeah a there's map, a map and there's a map. you gotta have that map oh man and it's quite it's, funny wouldn't be it, fantasy without a fantasy style yeah. map I, I love there, there there's this map and i kind of want to somehow get this on my wall but it's quite funny because i live in iceland and i i grew up in a small fishing village on the east side mm-hmm. of iceland it's like mountains and rivers and oceans around me like the world of tolkien was just like outside my damn door so like my <laughs> tiny village of 100 people was basically just the shire so reading right. the lord of the rings was nothing <laughs> new to me i was like yeah whatever but when i'm looking at the map for example it says 
it is the it is translated to where the actual locations are in Middle Earth, but they gave themselves creative freedom for the names. So like Ausbjörg, like it's in Mordor, but Ausbjörg is like a name. You can be that can be your name in Iceland in Iceland, and it's also a name of a farm not too far away. And oh, and cool! Like uh, there's so many like Brunavin and and uh, Hjalmsvirki and like I'm like, wow, is this like is this like two hours away from my village? Like I was so confused. Are you gonna go there and actually see all the same <laughs> stuff? Is there gonna be hobbits and dwarves and such? Like oh shit, oh look at that. So yeah, my first experience. <clears throat> I can't believe I can't see the artist. He's hmm. nowhere. He's nowhere to be seen. So the 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 comic artist that always comes to mind for me, and I know we've talked about this off air uh, in the yeah. past, but for me, it's uh, the guy who comes to mind is this guy David Wenzel, and he's um, hmm. he's American. He's from New York. Uh, he's still alive. He uh, is famous more for The Hobbit. There's a, a really beloved Hobbit comic adaptation that he did, I believe, in the '80s. Uh, and I could be wrong on that. I could be wrong on the date, but it's um, I have I have it uh, not in front of me, but in the house, and it's it's gorgeous. I have met David Wenzel before, and uh, oh my god, is the, this the third artist that I was going to work on the movies, but had to cancel because he couldn't commit to move to New Zealand? Uh, I do I do not know that. I'm not because sure. John Howie did, and Alan Lee did. They went and just lived there for like years, working on the movie and drawing. Okay. But there was a third artist, I forgot his name, and he was also a, a Tolkien artist. Like there was like Lord of the Rings artists roaming around before even the okay. movies were made. So it was kind of. I, like, I actually have no idea on that, but I, maybe, apparently this maybe. guy did. Uh, so David Wenzel did a book called Middle Earth: The World of Tolkien Illustrated in 1977. And then he did the Hobbit comic I was talking about. It's called The Hobbit, an illustrated edition, which actually came out in 1990. Um, and so that's so he didn't really do. <clears throat> there was no Lord of the Rings adaptation that he did. He did The Hobbit and then he the sort Hobbit. of did the world of Middle Earth. But he, his art is incredible. Um, yeah. And it's it's really uh, what I think of. Good stuff. Oh, what is the name of the? I know we're talking about the books, but you told me about your favorite look of Middle Earth is from the. That is the one, right? That well, is... so so my I have a I have a love for the Hobbit cartoon. Um, yeah, yeah. So I guess if we're gonna start before the books, this is this is my start. My start is the Hobbit cartoon produced by Rankin Bass in the sixty in the seventies, mm. um, and to this day. Um, that is my favorite Gandalf. It's not that it's not that I prefer everything. I mean, Gollum yeah. is kind of a frog creature. Uh, although I do love that Gollum. It's just my Gollum from when I was a kid, but I understand it yeah. makes no sense. But the um but that the look of the dwarves and of uh of Gandalf specifically, uh, I just adore. And honestly, um, you know, in you know, we're not here to talk about the Hobbit movies. The trilogy that, that Peter Jackson mm -hmm. made, but the um, the way that the dwarves were in that, I did like a lot. But they were kind of too cool. I really liked the dwarves in the cartoon version because they were all old. They were all very mm -hmm. old men, and they yeah. were past way past their prime. 
you know, mm. you know, Torin wasn't some, you know, sexy dude with a freaking beard and you know black yeah. beard makes and it hair more and special that, that these it's, uh he was he was just powered guys are gonna go yes on he was very old past his prime yeah. sad angry yeah. bitter uh <laughs> group of guys and they were also not wearing cool armor they didn't wear armor until the battle of the five armies and that was the first time you finally saw them in armor in the cartoon mm -hmm. at the beginning they're just wearing normal clothes they're just people who should not be going on this expedition basically they're yeah. in over their head and they are ill prepared and they blame everything on Bilbo. And I just love it uh, so much. There's so much of that uh, cartoon that I just adore. And the music um, was a big part of that for me. And Actually, uh, yeah, my, my sketchbook here, I did maybe I shared it with you guys. It's been months though. I drew like a picture of Bilbo mm -hmm. and Gollum in that style. I, I have mm -hmm. it in a watercolor. I remember, yeah. Sketchbook. It's not right here, but that is when you introduced me to that style. I forgot about this one because I did see the it's movie. It's pretty cool. It's and pretty cool. I, I remember, like, I was watching uh, the Hobbit, the, the like the new movie, mm -hmm. and then I was I watched uh, that old cartoon, and it's so funny when they go to like <laughs> the, the house of Elrond. It's just a farmhouse. Oh yeah. It's not like epic in the movie, like this in insane. Yeah, it's Elven not like a kingdom. world. It's, it's not a city. A, it's yeah. a farmhouse, a cool yeah. farmhouse. It's cool, yeah, pretty... but yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, and and that's why I was sort of surprised when I read the book later in life, um, because that scene with Elrond in the cartoon was one of my favorite scenes. Uh, it's yeah. one of the ones that really stuck with me. He's only in that one scene, but um, yeah. yeah. So you know cool stuff definitely you know you, you tend to latch on to the first version you see of any given thing whatever it is but um yeah. there are a lot of things that i really appreciate from that version but that led me into later in life i'm like okay you know way before the movies ever came out the lord of the rings movies i was like okay you know i really would like to read lord of the rings i've seen the back the bakshi cartoon i'm not a huge fan of of ralph bakshi i know i'm in the minority but it's just <laughs> i don't know it's not i just am not a fan not for you <clears throat> I don't like rotoscoped animation at all. Um, and I think, um, I think, uh, you know, I, I never sort of judged Lord of the Rings based on that. I'm like, well, I don't like this movie. And, um, and, you know, so I, I read the books and it was probably in high school. Um, and I, I, I loved them, you know, I mean, like, well, so, so I say I read the books. Actually, I had these really great, a friend of mine who was way into Tolkien. Yeah. Um, she gifted me, actually, I sent you a picture of it, Lake. Uh, it's these wooden boxes that Crazy. contain um, CDs of yeah. the audiobook. And they're great. They're, they're wooden boxes and the, the logo is like burned into the front of it. And they're really, really cool. Um, and so she had given me both The Hobbit and later Lord of the Rings. Um, and so I had originally quote unquote read them in audiobook format and books on CD. And, yeah. uh, I, I, I mean, it was great seeing how much more to the Hobbit there was. And then going into Lord of the Rings and you're familiar with the world and you're familiar with these characters. And, um, it was, it was really, really cool. I have been a huge fan yeah. Pretty much, I guess, of, of Middle Earth my whole life because of the Hobbit cartoon and then reading the books and then obviously the movies. So so when did you first get to read um, the actual books? Um, so like I've, I've, I've shown you guys like 
the environment that I grew up in in this small fishing yes. village. It's basically just middle, middle. It's it, it could <laughs> it be like somewhere Earth. in Middle Earth, like yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. So like I remember uh, a friend of mine owned these these books, and there's no. There's nothing on the front, nothing on the back. The, it just says Lord of the Rings here on the side in golden letters, quite hard to see. And then there's a map also in there. Gotta have the map. And uh, my bookmark is actually the ring. Neat. But this is like the first edition that came in Iceland. There's, of course, billion editions nowadays. And mm -hmm. I remember I was never really excited for this because I am dyslexic. And and seeing barely any damn images of like I, I I was I was not I was hesitant because of course mm -hmm. I kind of maybe better to start with the Hobbit, which I did at school. But the teacher was like, "You're not getting out of this school without hearing me read the Hobbit." <laughs> and so I, as I showed you with that comic thing, that was my first time like seeing how everything looked, but that was. Lord of the Rings. I didn't know about the Hobbit, and then hmm. at school she read the Hobbit to us. And because I'm dyslexic, so if I hear something, I remember it, and my imagine my imagination goes crazy. But if I read something, I'm like really trying hard, and it's just interesting. So concentration. you would have you would have benefited from the the books listening, on... yeah, yeah. And uh, like I wasn't really audio books. Like I'm born in 1992, so maybe like I don't know really when. Maybe I was eight years old when I kind of started that class when she was reading this. Um, but I, I was like going wild in my head, imagining the world. But I was imagining the world in the world around me because she was just describing like the mountains right. and all that. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Backyard. There. <laughs> my backyard. So I was... Um, living this for the first time but also like when i was playing with my friends uh we um i really wish that i would have lived in the village when the first movie came out i watched it when we moved from the village to the city and i watched it in a city and i was like watching fellowship of the ring for the first time in this movie theater i've never really been in a movie theater but like like sure i saw like toy story i remember that and i saw like Bugs Live and stuff like that, but I never went to like a film that wasn't like cartoony animated. It was mm -hmm. I never that was my, this was my first time seeing a movie that was in a movie theater that was acted. So that's quite interesting too. First a live time action, a live that action being movie. my first time, and of course, as we know, the Fellowship of the Ring is like a lightning in a bottle. It's like perfect. <laughs> so I was like, are yes. all movies like this? No, <laughs> nope, no, they're not. No, that's a special one. And then, yeah. um, of course, watching the movies I, when we got what a VHS, which I have here, I got the VHS, but uh, it wasn't until it came on, on DVD that you had extra, you could mm -hmm. see the making of the film. And I've watched that more times than I've watched the film, like mm. as a film, I've watched the making of the Lord of the Rings more times than i can imagine and i was always drawing when i was little non-stop so when i saw alan lee there's a <laughs> the first time i saw alan lee this is the lord of the Rings sketchbook of alan lee and then i got the hobbit as well and when i saw that bastard he was like just <laughs> just flipping his pen on the page i was like what is he scribbling like just some lines 
And then, like, when they showed what he was doing, I think he was drawing Gandalf, and it was, like, perfect. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah, me kind of growing up in the surrounding of, of Middle Earth. And, and then I started researching, and I was so lucky. There was a, my art teacher. Her name is Fiola. I can't describe how lucky I was that she was my art teacher. She could have been any of the teachers, but she was in art specifically. Mm -hmm. And she was a Tolkien, like maybe not an expert, but she knew freaking way too much. And <laughs> uh, she was explaining to us like about the Hobbit and, and she didn't read the Hobbit to us. It was another teacher. But then I was like trying to like already like, what 11 years old 12 i was trying to draw like mountains and environment and maybe not the best thing to start to draw and you're learning to draw but like i was always drawing like hobbits and horses and the scene when um not necessarily the horses but i was always trying to draw the water the water horses from the movie that scene you know mm -hmm. when aon is running away with frodo right across the across the that that wasn't the lake that's not in the book though right they no, nothing no yeah and i was always like i can't say i was paying attention to every single letter that because the hobbit was not the lord of the rings but then i myself started to watch the movie and then i got this i forgot who is the the guy the voice actor but there was someone some this is a really old voice and he was reading the Lord of the Rings, the first Lord of the Rings, and I liked it, but but um, it wasn't because it wasn't in Icelandic, it wasn't mm. English, so it was harder for me to. But so I just always just watch the movies, watch the movies, watch the movies, and then I think it's maybe maybe yeah, I think two years ago I was like, you know what, I want to listen to all this again, and. Because my job is just that way. I work on a boat. Sometimes we're sailing for some long time, and I just want to listen to a podcast or an audiobook. And there was this one mm. time where I had to drive two hours to get some stuff for the company, some some screws and stuff. I had to drive like a couple of fjords, and and in that way, I was like, hmm, I wonder how many people have talked over the books. Uh, what's what's the newest one? Mm -hmm. And Andrew Circus. Just happened to be the yep. newest one who plays yep. Gollum. I was like, are you serious? Yeah. And his voice, man, I was, let's just say I was not just two <laughs> hours. I was like, I'm going to be a little bit late, guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it pulled me right in. And I listened to The Hobbit. And it's just something about him, something about his Gandalf. He said it in the beginning that, uh, because this was just the charity I went on YouTube. He read The Hobbit. It was it was just for fun, and people loved it so much. And he was trying to make Ian McKellen's Gandalf rhythm of how he speaks in his dialect, but of course with his own deep, mm -hmm. like old man voice. It was mm -hmm. just perfect. And then he did The Lord of the Rings, and I just finished Fellowship of the Ring. And next up is, is Two Towers with him. So nice. yeah, I, I I was introduced to this whole world visually with audio. But I've never really tried to read it myself. And I am slowly, mega slowly going through this book because I wanted to, because I find this so interesting that this is the first volume that it was mm. appear. It's like an old one, hard, <laughs> classic one. So I want to I wanna read this one. But man, it's, uh, 
it's it's written in old Icelandic, and let's just say it's a little bit, it's very like poetic, really. Okay. Like, I think Tolkien would maybe love this, but because he was sure a fan of languages, and this is the old way of speaking. We don't really speak like this anymore. Hmm. This is very like polite and poetry and really like really it's like when i hear in 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 movies when someone says um uh ye or they or you know yeah <laughs> it's very like old they old talk school. like thor does in the comics yeah 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 no i i hear what you're saying i mean i mean the you know tolkien writes in a way that you know we don't talk like that either um mm. even in english but it's uh it does have that uh, eloquence um, mm -hmm. that sort of puts you in another world kind of a thing. And um, yeah, yeah I the mean, title of the page is like concerning hobbits. Like it's yes. very like, you Nobody. don't really say this. You know? Yeah. Like his, his whole, you know, I still in the Hobbit, his, yeah. so Gandalf's appearance when he has the good morning conversation yeah. with, with Bilbo is still just one of my favorite parts it's like every every word is perfect you know uh, well, what do you mean by saying good morning to me do you mean i should yeah. have a good morning or that you know are you suggesting that it is one or, or i should have one whether i want to or not or you know yeah it's yeah. it's all that stuff is just so so perfect and amazing and part of uh loving lord of the rings i think is loving language i think that that is part of it it's not just the story it is how it's written um, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the triumphs of that man, but you know, also his, his, uh, his ideas were just immense. You know, there's just yeah. so much, there's too much, there's too, 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 too much for Lord of the Rings. And, and just he, is. he created a world that if you would like explain this to someone that has never seen this and you would skip all the fantasy aspect and magic aspect and wonder aspect and you would just you might trick someone into thinking like this is like some classic <laughs> story like merlin yeah and like you know he, of course that's right like it's like it's a thousand years old or something yeah as and opposed I, to written in the 60s wasn't, wasn't gandalf like inspired by Merlin or like the the mystic of Merlin. Yeah, that makes sense. Something like that. Um, and uh, a fun fact that blew my mind, and I was like, man, Iceland just gets better and better. <laughs> uh, Tolkien had an Icelandic maid for years teaching him a Icelandic. So here's my thought. <laughs> Why in the hell did he never come here? Maybe he sure, did. Sure, he he lived in the best place, you know. Um, but damn it! No, wait, he did come here. He didn't. He didn't live in the best place. He didn't live in New Zealand. No, come on, come on, bastard! Rent a plane, <clears throat> whatever you guys used. Yeah, he yeah. obviously. There's so much of. I think what's very interesting, and when I first learned this, there's there's so much uh, that has entered into the fantasy sphere of yeah. like you know for races and all these things that come from tolkien but tolkien stole them from norse mythology so mm -hmm. things like elves and dwarves and giants and trolls and like all these things that yeah. are in like every fantasy story you know it's it's almost like they're 
they're just stock characters, stock races. Every fantasy can just use them at yeah. at will. And they all it's all because of Tolkien, but he didn't yeah. invent them. And it's like when Sam and Frodo are um when is this when yeah, they're just escaping from the Shire and then they it's like pitch black. Um and they see the elves like walking in the forest at night and they're like yes. leaving the earth. Uh, and yes. I'm, I'm always like, when I saw that for the first time, I was like, wait That's a second. sad scene. Wait a That's second. A that is Huldefolk. In Iceland, we have like this mystery about the, the, these people, elves. We, we believe in elves, many types of elves here in Iceland. And Huldefolk is like, if I would have to describe Huldefolk, it's kind of like that scene. Like some people you just kind of see. And it's just godly and and mystic and like joyful and like they like what what I would say is like maybe the bad thing about this Hultefolk that we I'm trying to explain is like they they trick you to come with them. Oh, like they're okay. not trying to kill you, but it's just they're so it's such a strong presence most of the time in a fog. If you're lost in a fog, you might see someone you follow and it's it's Hultefolk. It's it's usually oh, women, cool. it's usually like elf women, beautiful women in like some white cloth dresses, and but they are Neat. tempting to take your yeah. life. So you know, yeah, so it's kind of like, like that. That reminds me of so many different myths and different stories, mm -hmm. like even even to sirens who would uh you know yeah. call out to the Greek sailors and they were beautiful and you'd get close and they'll drown you. Um noops. You know, I mean, noobs that, you know, they, uh, you know, you're not going to trick me fish. Get out of here. <laughs> hey, the top half looked pretty good. All right. Like, go back uh, in the salmon, go back in the salmon for me, bastard. You're not going to trick me. <laughs> yeah. You got to get wise to it real quick. And then it tricks me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, that, that's very interesting. So it's just a lot of these Scandinavian type myths have worked their way throughout the world and through all these mm -hmm. different ways. But it is amazing how much Tolkien specifically became the microphone for all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, something that that he does um, <clears throat> differently than pretty much any other fantasy that certainly I've ever read is how he treats wizards because mm. it's, it's like, and this was something that I was very interested in learning when I finally got around to reading the book, because mm. it's like, initially you think, Oh, what's Gandalf? Oh, he's a man. He's a man. Who's a wizard because we think of wizards as classes. They're just a job. You can be a man. Who's a, a, a wizard or a rogue or, you know, whatever yeah. the hell you want to like warrior, like that, that guy, Gandalf, he just became a wizard. He's a magic dude. It's like, no, 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 ISIS. no, it's like, no, 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 no. Gandalf is a wizard. He's not a man. He's a Maya. He's, He's a all Maya. these. <clears throat> so, so it's, it's great. You know, I love, I love specifically how different they are, how separate they are, how few of them they are. Obviously, yeah, you never really uh, see the blue ones. You never see the blue ones. I love, like I love anytime they book. get worked in to anything, like games will use them as Easter eggs sometimes. And, yeah. um, you know, I love, I love to hear, like, I, I always think of uh, Christopher Lee. There was a, there's a, 
a talk with Christopher Lee. He did. I mean, he was very, very old. He was in his nineties by this he point. Max he max freaking Tolkien. He was, yeah, but he was very, obviously he was big fan of Tolkien yeah. and played Saruman and all this stuff. But he, you know, in this, this one talk, it was somewhere at some college late in life. And he's talking about all this stuff and he's, he's very slow by this point, right? Like he's very old mm-hmm. and uh, it was before the Hobbit movies, but it was right yeah. at the end. It was near the end. And he was, uh, he was, you know, he can go on and on and on. He's the ultimate guy who can geek out about Tolkien. And I just loved the way that he specifically talked about the two blue wizards. And when he was talking about the wizards in general, and he's like, but there are two blue wizards, but nobody knows anything about them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's just so freaking charming and funny. And there is a, a, a sequence in making of the movies where Peter is like, you know, Sometimes I, I go into Tolkien work and I, I reading the pages looking for knowledge, but sometimes I just ask him, like, yeah, he knows, right? He knows everything, right? And uh, I re- I remember when this is in the Hobbit. This is I've also seen making of the Hobbit, which um, it's not as fun as watching the old making of. I don't know. Uh, it's nice, but it's not. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'm like, man. Why are they making the Gollum cave? Why don't they come to Iceland? We have one right here, and we <laughs> call it There's the Gollum a sign. Cave. There's a there, right out front. Sign. You want to use all this foam to make a fake goddamn cave? Come here, <laughs> Jesus! Film one scene here for crying out loud. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we went out on this walk today, and I sent you guys some videos. I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, a scene right there. It could be a scene right there. Uh, a battle scene right there like uh frodo going into that uh green yicky sea water and a face comes up like all that stuff the the dead marshes precious yeah it's right out my door man but yeah i, um... <laughs> I live on the dead marshes all the other icelandic <laughs> kings said it was daft to build a castle in the dead marsh but i built it all the same noobs afraid <laughs> but um i i love with uh with lee like when in the hobbit he was like saying you know when before this is before saruman became like what corrupted or evil mm-hmm. he, wa- he was actually there to help he was the wise uh white wizard and um he i love how spirited lee is he was explaining like yeah in it in the scene in the in the movie when um when um Galadriel and, and uh, Gandalf is in trouble. He comes and he's like, need help? And then he mm-hmm. says, and he means it. Like, he really <laughs> means it. Like, he's trying to explain that this is the Saruman that we should love. This is the one that is actually there to help. This is before. Because a lot of people, of course, we saw the Lord of the Rings movies before and it was like, that's a bad guy that we didn't even see die in the, in, in the movie theater until mm. freaking DVD came out. Right. That, that's him but this is the good one this is like i think this yeah is that was the one that he was most was favorite so to play i think so too i think he i mean he could barely walk at that point in life yeah. um but he was obviously gonna be there no matter what and uh because he had always seen himself as gandalf mm. and then i you know by the time that it came around to filming um, he agreed that he was probably too old and probably wasn't right anymore, and he would he would be a better Saruman. And of course, Christopher Lee was the, the perfect just Saruman. Nailed it. And he's nailed just it. so incredibly perfect in that movie. In those movies. I feel like just everyone but, is perfect. I can't see anyone in a different role 
from any it, it's not because we have seen them only in this and this i cannot imagine anyone <laughs> not playing yeah. the ones they played yeah i mean you know like i said you know the, my favorite gandalf is from the cartoon and so he was yeah. voiced by um john houston which is angelica houston's dad angelica houston played morticia adams in the adams family movies and she was in lots oh, of other wow. stuff um so that was that's her dad <clears throat> he was an old actor and he mainly became a director um but he um he is just has the there's something about his voice that i just prefer but so i was really like very it's very precious to me you know pun yeah. pun not intended maybe yeah. it's intended <laughs> it's very maybe. precious to me but um i you know seeing ian mckellen i'm like okay but he he looks so good and then when you get his performance you're like oh my god he's he's so incredibly good so yeah. it's like i don't know to me they're both perfect you know i i i can't say anything negative about ian mckellen and um i mean for me i've sort of said this for a while now i'm i'm a fan of a lot of things where you know retro octopus we love our geeky stuff obviously you love your geeky stuff it's really hard for me to retro gaming like, yeah like what's your favorite what's your favorite thing what's your if somebody says what's your favorite movie it's like well there's too many genres there's too many things i tend to yeah. like horror more than i like uh fantasy i tend to like you know you know if you're gonna say superhero movies or or horror movies or sci-fi movies or old movies or decades like i always subdivide everything in my brain i'm like well i can't tell you that and until we you know ask a bunch of questions well my favorite uh horror movie from the 50s would be them but like yeah, you yeah. know that it has you're, to be you're, like you're like uh james rolf abgn yeah he, it's too he would it's say, too hard you know? it's too hard it's too hard and uh yet that said, that said, I've for years now held to the fact that my favorite character of all time is Gandalf. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love I love Gandalf, specifically and the gray. I Gandalf was the gray is the, my favorite character of all time. I was watching Fellowship of the Ring before we jumped on here. Mm -hmm. And of course, I've always thought about these things when, when I'm watching. This is not my first time watching the movie. But there was one one thing that I started to like ponder about. And it is because like I know that Gandalf is a Maya. Mm -hmm. And I found this to be so sweet. And this is just something that Tolkien didn't have to put into this world. But it gives everyone such life. And I'm, I'm like, like, Gandalf doesn't know that he is that thing that creature that 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 got well basically a god kind of a thing he just knows that he is this gandalf the gray called many names and has just many gotta names help. And, he wants to help but he just has to help but he's, he's just for some reason it's when uh when frodo jumps off the back and he says like uh you know, good to have you back, Gandalf. And then he goes away, and then there's like a long, long pause, and then Gandalf says, "Like, me too, boy, me too." And like, why does he always all the places in the damn world of Middle Earth that he could go? He always just goes into that small, tiny little place, the Shire. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love, I love this that there was this this look that Ian McKellen made when he's on the smokes like <laughs> a tiny on the pipe and then it's just it's like me too boy me too and then you see him go slowly into the shower and i was like it made me smile like i mm -hmm. i've seen this million times but just because i was like in my mind i was like it's the beginning I mean, of he doesn't have to freaking be there ever you know right. why would he 
Oh, it's, it's the only perfect. place he actually wants to be. It's the, the, it's, only it's the closest thing to home that he has. He just, there is just something about the hobbits that he likes. Yeah. Um, and that is, I don't know if you got to see the rings of power. And an show. actual friend, which is Bilbo, like an actual friend. Is, friend. Right. Yeah. He made friends uh-huh. with him. Yeah. I don't know if you got to see the rings of power show. And I know a lot of Tolkien purists hate its guts and stuff. I but... saw, uh, three episodes. It's not because I stopped. There was just so many <laughs> other things happening. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I am kind of like, because this is so special to me. And I haven't really gotten, you can spoil, of course, anything you want. It's just not that precious to me that I can't take spoilers. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I want to, if I'm going to watch the the rest of the episodes, which I think is like maybe eight episodes more or, or nine. Something yeah, like that. I, I, uh, 10 or 12 total. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I kind of just want to like, uh, I want to give myself time and just maybe run through all of it. Yeah, so 8-Bit and I uh, watched watched the show in two sittings, and um, we both enjoyed it a lot. I think that the biggest problem is that it um, it doesn't really make... It, a lot of it doesn't make sense. A lot of it clashes with what Tolkien wrote. So there, mm-hmm. there are certain things where like, okay, but that's, that's not what Mordor is. But, um, you know, if you treat it as like a side thing, um, I think it's really entertaining, and it does feel to me very... Lord of the Rings, and it does have a lot yeah. of um, uh, locations you don't you don't necessarily get to see, and all that stuff. But my favorite part about it that I just adored was how they treated um, Gandalf, and mm. uh, you you know you you get why they explain why he loves the Hobbit so much. Yeah, and I I just I just adored that whole section of the show because there are you know various point of views that you get different characters and they're it's just like game of thrones the same exact way and yeah. uh and one of them is with you know this character who they never name who falls to earth on a shooting star, star man called Starman online and he's just uh it's clearly gandalf credits. i mean yeah, i knew i knew almost instantly i mean it's clearly gandalf and yeah. um I mean, they they don't technically confirm that it's Gandalf, but I like, of course it is, and um, it's great. It's just I I I love it so much. I love the actor who played him. I love the uh, they don't call them hobbits; they're Harfoots. Harfoots, so I, yeah. Harfoots. So I and, I oh, totally did, love them. Did you know? Uh, so yeah, I I watched until when the girls are trying to like drag him on the cart up the yes. hill. Yes, maybe it's yeah. episode four or five, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I did what's quite far into it, but there there is a scene that I love. It's the most Peter Jackson view <laughs> that I've seen. It's when they are introducing us to the Harfoots for the first time, when these two men with the antlers are just walking. They, they don't know they're there, there. Mm-hmm. And then the Willits just kind of pops up. And they, did you yeah. know the the first guy, the old guy, the old Harfoot that pops up, the small one with the wrinkles. It's the guy who played uh, in the Lord of the Rings movies and Peter Jackson films. It, it's the it's the it's the stunt guy for Frodo. Oh, cool! Uh, if you have seen behind the scenes, it's when Wicko Mortison he is on the on the boat like with Frodo in the in the small boat, and Neat. this is the the stunt double for Frodo. He's like a tiny guy. He talks like ah, yeah, talks like this. He's like a legend. <laughs> he was just a legend because people loved That's him so in, in cool. the behind the scenes. And that's him, like screwing years ago, and he's the first one that pops up. And that smile, I was like, okay, that moment was the one. I was like, okay, I don't care if the show isn't perfect. That was perfect, and I'm in. 
I'm hooked. That's, yeah, there are there I are want. scenes like that. There are I didn't know about that one at all, but yeah. that's really cool. But yeah, Beautiful there's there's moments. there are things about the show that I think are just wonderful, and uh, and you know I, I enjoyed it quite a bit overall. I think and that about it's, Gandalf. I love yeah. this version of Gandalf. It's like he doesn't know. No one knows. We know, mm-hmm. but this is like he is so powerful, and he just mm-hmm. entered Middle Earth now. Yeah, and he just doesn't have control like he doesn't understand what's going on and like the fireflies all Mm -hmm. that stuff like life but then death and this is so interesting how freaking powerful is but it just Mm. no one goddamn knows i'm like don't blow shit up at least please (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's like a it's 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 like a baby godzilla you know he doesn't he doesn't understand how strong he is and uh, it's like, no, you're small, but you could still take out the city. So please don't do that. Please. You know, and uh, stuff. But no, I, I think that was great. But yeah, Gandalf is is my my guy. And he's also like, you know, the he's the wizard that comes to mind that also has a sword. Like there's something yeah. about like the wizard, the very typical looking wizard. He's He's got all the all the things he's got the hat he's got the robes he's got the beard he's got a he's got a magic stick they always have magic sticks but he also has a sword which he oh very very cool which he which he um you're just showing us a a picture from oh yeah i was was showing from the 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 lord of the rings sketchbook by alan lee Lee, he drew like gandalf but like surian's look And, and because you're saying this what comes to mind is about the sword is I love that it wasn't like created by the dwarves specifically for him. He no, just found right. it in he a found cave it. somewhere. Yeah. Glamdring the faux hammer. And it just happened to have a name. <laughs> and just to get the name, you had to find Elrond. And yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this, this sword has a history. But and he see, doesn't so, actually, actually know yes. the history. He just knows. I love that too. Gandalf yes. does not know everything. There's That's there's powerful. plenty he doesn't know. And even at the beginning of uh, Fellowship of the Ring, when he sees the ring, he, there's something about it that he doesn't like, and it's freaking him out. But yeah. he doesn't immediately know what it is. The library. Yeah, he has to like one. figure it out. And, uh, you know, so I think that that's amazing. And I did always love, like I said, I loved that, that scene with Elrond in the Hobbit cartoon so much when, you know, he tells them where they have to go. He tells them about the, 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 the moon letters that are on the map. And he tells them about the, um, the names of the swords and, and, uh, you know, always from when I was opener, really, yeah. From when I was a kid, my favorite name was always Orchris, the goblin cleaver Orchris. Is is I think the most badass name for any of the Tolkien swords, and uh, and I have to say, of the designs that were in the movies, uh, Torin's Orchrist uh, is my favorite, and it yeah. it would be the one that I would buy if I had a sword up on the wall. It would be it would be Orchrist, absolutely. Yeah, and I, even I though also... even though Gandalf is my boy, Glamdring yeah. looked a little bit uh, <laughs> a little bit plain. But it's perfect form because it's huge. It's just absolutely enormous. So I just there's something about like the wizard wielding both the magic stick and the the sword. He's yeah. like wielding two at the same time. Just you so up. freaking cool. And I remember I don't know if you you played any of these, but um, I know we're not quite at you know talking about video games yet. But um, the there was a Game Boy Advance trilogy that came out, and it was very Diablo looking. Like yeah, it was like down, pre-rendered. Yeah. 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 It was like top view pre-rendered graphics. And, yeah. uh, 
the third one was one was I think the one where you got to play as Gandalf. I don't think you could play him in the other two. But yeah, you got I think to. I owned the first one, and I I feel like you just kind of play as Ar Aragorn. Yeah. And Legolas and stuff like that. And Boromir. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but Boromir is basically Aragorn with red hair. It's not yeah. like a different feeling character. <laughs> um, you know, in that in that game. I mean in the in the game anyway. But like Gandalf looks very different. And he had yeah. both and he had the sword and he had a stick. And it's like, oh man, there's just something about controlling that character. I'm like, yep, I'm just gonna be Gandalf for the whole game. <laughs> I love this so freaking much. Also but, in, in the in the PlayStation 2 games, like the movie tie-in games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was always Legolas. I was always the. I'm that in any game. If it's like a clash, I'm like, elf, bow, dagger. I'm that's me. Like in, in the in the Elder Scrolls games, always the mm -hmm. same thing. Wood elf, bow. <laughs> but I'm not a sneaky so sneaky bow guy. I, I I just have a bow. I just have a bow yeah. with me. I'm I'm not a sneaky sneaky. But this is the Lord of the Rings game I played the most. Uh, Places into the Lord of the Rings, the Third Age, which is very Final Fantasy. Yes. Type of gameplay and turn based, and, uh, turn -based. RPG. Classic and I love RPG. that. And uh, yeah, let's just say uh, when you fight the balrog oh yeah was the most epic freaking shit i've done in that video games. so yeah it, yeah the balrog in that game is definitely the best graphic on the system hands down yes nothing else can hold a candle to the flaming freaking also, magnificence of the also, balrog. it wasn't just of, like those typical playsome two scenes like um, like a cutscene. it was like i think my tube tv because i owned like a big tube tv yeah, uh, it was like vibrating when that freaking <laughs> guy came up and like there's so much shit happening. Yeah. And that the other thing I loved about that game was that you controlled new characters that they made up for the game, but mm. it took place at the same exact time yeah. as the movie. So it was kind of um it was kind of like a side adventure. And they would mm. sometimes run into the characters from the movies that were going about their preordained quest of the what happens in the movies. Um, yeah, but they don't, don't change anything because it's just right. They don't change. It's on the side. In the movie, right? Like or, the, or, the or moment here. that I loved the most was yeah. that in the movie when they're up above in Moria and Pippin accidentally knocks the skeleton yeah. down the well with the bucket and makes a huge clanging noise, and Gandalf's like, "Fool of a took, throw yourself in next time," and. And that happens in this game. Only you're one level down. You're down below. So you got to hear that exact sound clip. They had all the access to the exact sound clips yeah. from the movies. And then you hear the sound clip. You hear the fool of a took. And then and the it's, bucket it's really comes cool down. Because you hear it um, faintly above. Yep. Yep. Like it's so you hear it above. You, hear, you Then you see the bucket and the skeleton just crash down right in front of you and go down yeah. the hole. And then what do you see? You see the Balrog, you see Durin's Bane, like investigating it. Like yeah. he's, he hears it and he doesn't go up to where the, the characters from the movie are, but he does like go into your line of sight and he's like investigating the sound and then kind of just crawls away. That's not where you fight him. He doesn't notice that you're there. Mm -hmm. And that is just mind blowingly cool. Uh, you're like, uh, Oh my God, this is behind the scenes sort of, of the, the game of the story. This game specifically to see this. Oh but my like, God. I loved there's, it. There's, there's two things that I love. I think most, I was talking about this with my friend 
a couple of months ago, but I just remember it vividly because this was like an interesting conversation. We were talking about like names mm-hmm. and I love the names of swords in this world because like you see someone pull up his sword in the middle of battle and there's a lot of maybe orcs that just runs away because they know that sword. They know the name of that yep. sword. They know what that sword has done or her tales. That is so mm-hmm. cool. That is. Uh, and also, um, like, the, the most interesting things to me is the things we don't know and we will never hear about in Middle-earth. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, when... Um, they are in that spider area in that forest in the spider area in Merkwood. In, in Merkwood, and there's like you know, I always imagine like okay, they're just going that direction and maybe left, and then there's this area here, and that's where that scene happens. But what is the rest? What is in that cave that they went just past? What is in there? <laughs> or when they are running, all, all the entire fellowship are running in the mountains, like they run past like these rocks, and there's like a a huge hole that goes down like what's there they just ran past it we don't know what's there and like in in, in the beginning of the hobbit movie oh well not in the beginning but the, like when they fall into the goblin what is it called the goblin kingdom like the mm-hmm. goblin town like that's just one tiny hole in all of middle earth with all this huge kingdom in it like yeah that's the beauty of this world like we only know the world that tolkien wrote but it's so big and vast that all the stuff that he never put pen to paper, it's just somewhere there. And it's like right. so it's, much stuff. Exactly. And you're discussing, you're you're describing one of my favorite things in any story, which is that sense of wonder where yeah. if if you're able to um if you're able to capture the imagination of the viewer or the reader um in that way, then yeah. you can do stuff like that. You can you can write very little. And uh, the job of that particular thing, that cave or that hole in the ground or wherever, the job of it, it does, it's not pointless. The job is to do what it's doing to you. Now, that's mm-hmm. not going to work with everybody. You know, yeah. you might have a friend who's like, I don't know what you're talking about. What cave? I, I don't know. I, I saw this movie. I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, that, that, that cave right there. And uh, it's the yeah. same thing that always happened to me with um, in the movie, the first Alien movie with the space jockey. Yes. And so that's the same thing. So that, that for me was like my favorite thing about alien. I'm like, I just want to know about the space jockey. I, I am dying to know about the space jockey. And so my whole life I was obsessed with the goddamn space jockey. Um, and like it's moments like that, that really capture you. And you're like, okay, you're doing the work now. It's now your, your brain is taking this very, very tiny thing, this grain of an idea, this tiny seed, and you're planting it and watering it and watching it grow. And it's it's one of my favorite things in any story, movie, book, comic, anything. Um, and so you described believable. it perfectly. Yeah. yeah. And you so so you you're right. You have to be at a certain level for it to work. And Tolkien yeah. makes his his world so believable. The world yeah. of alien feels so so lived in and so believable that every bit of it, it's like yeah no i believe that there's a whole history here there's a whole story here and uh, i just don't know what it is and you're, yeah. yeah tolkien and obviously like, does um, that when you look at a map there's a lot on this map that you're looking at like okay here's the shire and mm-hmm. there's like eight other villages around we have never been there mm-hmm. 
like how is the people there and uh, maybe some like sure hobbits and and all those uh the proud feet and all the types of hobbits it's just it's hobbits yep. but there's so many the har harfoots are actually mentioned in that birthday yeah. celebration yeah. proud feet they yeah, are proud so feet but feet. also yeah. they say harfoots harfoots yeah. harfeet proud feet fun is so interesting yeah and, and uh like there's so many uh, and in the movies when just just uh I think that has always been in my mind since the first time I ever saw the Fellowship of the Ring and into like Two Towers and Return of the King. Doesn't matter. It's just always when they are just randomly freaking walking somewhere, and mm -hmm. it's like a high shot, and you can see like all this world, but they're just going that way. What is there? So I always thought that about Weathertop. Weathertop is very interesting to me. That's where, um, you know, the, the, the ring wraiths catch up to the fellowship and, and, and they stab Frodo. And that's when he first gets injured and cut by the Morgul blade. And, um, I, I see uh, you know, how they the, actually look. Yeah. Right. And I, I was always fascinated by specifically the location of where they are. They're at this place called Weathertop and it has a name. They seem to know it. There's ruins there. It's up on this weird steep, like this those, plateau. Like, pillars and statues. Yeah. It's like, what, what is this? And, you know, you can find what I'm sure Tolkien wrote about it, but it's, it's not really important. So they're not going to stop and constantly dump exposition on your lap and be like, well, blah, 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 because that would be boring and would yeah. slow down the narrative. And so they're not going to do that. But well, we're I'm wondering about that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, yeah. like Weathertop was always one of those ones for me too. My, my fr friend told me to listen to, and I've actually ha I have been listening to on YouTube. Uh, he calls himself, and rightfully so. I mean, if anyone has to be able to call himself the Tolkien professor, then that's him. <laughs> uh, he uh, forgot forgot his actual name name, but uh, he calls himself the Tolkien professor, and he is just like a legitimate. Let's just say he doesn't just call himself that. He is that. He it, it, somehow he has like a a degree in that. And he teaches in, in that. being a geek. He is about a Tolkien specifically of Middle Earth. Like that's his job. And and <laughs> and he was hired for um, the show. Um, uh, what's the name of the show? The Rings of Power. The Rings of Power. He was he was hired to have like. Like, for example, because they didn't have in the show, they didn't have a lot of uh, licenses. They have the okay. license, but there are so many licenses that they didn't have. For example, um, when um, the big tree, like when Galadriel is small and the uh, and the uh, it's like a scene where they show this tree being burned like this, oh, this yes. big, the big tree. I forgot the name of the tree, mm -hmm. uh, but in like the lore and the books and stuff there's this big spider thing that comes and destroys the tree there's no fire so maybe they didn't have license to have that spider thing mm. there's so many things that they didn't maybe they just had to somehow fix but like it's so funny like he was talking about this in, in one of his videos he does like videos like this and just explains insane amount of stuff and he's like full of knowledge he knows he knows the things that you and me kind of want to know about like What's there? Oh, actually, and he could probably tell you about this and that. He just knows. He, he, he knows what is to us valuable information. To others, like, why would you need to know this? It's useless information. But to us, it's like, yes, 
I want to know. Why is that tree blue? Like, I want to know. So many things. But, uh, yeah, I highly recommend The Tolkien Professor. And I feel like, I feel like uh, someone, maybe Alan Lee or John Howey, which are like the artists that I love. I, I want to explore more Middle Earth artists. But mm -hmm. like, I want, I want someone to make a huge book, not a small book like this. With just, you don't understand how I wish this book was like this thick, with sketches of Middle Earth. Um, but I want someone to make a book of like. There is a book called Unwritten Tales of Middle Earth or Forgotten Tales or something like that, and. I saw it in like a, there's like a nerd store in the city called Nexus where they have like a Lord of the Rings section. There's like a book there, Forgotten cool. Tales of Middle Earth or something like that. I want someone to make a book about like information that is mentioned here and there in movies, in the books, in this and that. I want to know more about these small mentions. Right. Like all these appendix books that exist for yeah. Star Wars and stuff like that. There's tons yeah. of stuff like that. And that would be. You can't just mention a planet, and like, like, there is a little bit of a fan service in uh, those games, um, Jedi, Fallen Order, Fallen and then Order. the new one. Like, you go to like whole planets that were just mentioned. You just yeah. go there. Finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Dathomir. I mean, that's a really fun one. But Stuff yeah, like um. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe there isn't stuff like that published. I mean, for maybe Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings Online. His, I mean, his world is just so big. It's, it's got to be the biggest made-up world. I mean, I swear, it's just got to be. But um, it's awesome stuff. So, so okay. So you always play as the elf. So is is Legolas your 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 favorite character? Is uh, is he your dude or like I who think, do you, who do you gravitate think, towards? Um, like when. It's quite funny when I moved to the city and we saw the movie. Of course, we went straight outside and like we put some capes on. We were like playing the characters from the from the movie, and this was my first time like seeing the vision of of um, Peter Jackson. And it was like, oh, this looks kind of like my village, but this is from my view because mm -hmm. I moved from this. I moved from middle Middle Earth basically just to a city, just a normal city. Nothing, nothing is. Nothing is interesting in this in this place of the city that I moved into. But there was a small forest, and that is the place that I was hanging out a lot because it was familiar. Like, well, I feel like I'm not in the city anymore. I'm I'm in right. this forest. I'm somewhere else. And me and my friends, we used to play, and I used to like usually play like, you know, I wanted to be Legolas, and I had like a bow. Sometimes I was Gimli and stuff like that, and some other characters. But I. I think my favorite it's not my favorite character of all of the characters in Middle Earth but I liked to play if I if we were like going into the forests I always wanted to take three arrows to the chest I always wanted to be a Boromir yeah uh, nice. I found it to be cool uh, I don't know he had a shield and you know, it was kind of Viking looking. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, a Viking hat in the in that comic that I had. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like he was just such a cool 
cool character, and I love the actor, of course. And, oh yeah, Sean Bean, of course. And uh, just, oh, man, I, I hear. You. I would like, I would like a small series, like five episodes, freaking five episodes, just about his adventures when he was small, a teenager, because mm -hmm. he said like they used to run around and do some some things in the White City and and uh, go on these uh, battles that. You know, they were small when they, yeah, I know the army, and the, he just I, briefly mentioned, like, I want to know, I want to see, absolutely, yeah. What's now, your first I, girlfriend? You know, got that. He Boromir is my favorite character of the fellowship, like, absolutely, yes, yes, of the fellowship. Um, for me, he's the but, most, yeah. he's the most believable, he's the most human, he's the most flawed. Um, flawed, yeah. and uh, I mean, Gimli's pretty flawed, but um, you know, he's he's very, very flawed, and he's uh, but he's also a very good man, and he just it just proves that the the ring can corrupt good people and you don't have to be bad and i think that um yeah sean bean i was a fan of anyway for like 10 years before that came out seeing so, him in game of thrones was like the greatest most perfect role i've ever seen for him specifically i mean Better he was Borderman, i feel like i i mean i i prefer boromir but like you know yeah. uh, ned ned stark was was great and he was, oh he was so good to start that <laughs> off but to sure. be honest when he when i saw the the first season of game of thrones i was always many many times i was like that's boromir yeah that is it's, it's just a different yeah. cape he's older <laughs> is this what he was doing slightly different accent slightly different yeah. accent <laughs> i don't know maybe maybe it's you're watching if you're watching the icelandic dub or whatever but he has uh he has a very different accent in those two roles um yeah English. no we don't uh dub much we never really have uh someone else talk well we do it for disney films mm -hmm. and pixar and uh just quickly about like the disney films on vhs like the first ones like uh, hercules aladdin mulan lion king um when I was growing up with these things, I always thought this was Icelandic, made in Iceland. I thought this was just some Icelandic studio. I had because it's such an unbelievable, insane golden age of voice acting in Iceland. Yeah. And it, today it, it's it's shame. It's shame. I, I feel ashamed when like we are having a, a, a baby, me and my girlfriend, and, and I will not this baby will not grow up watching this cartoon <laughs> crap that is on on TV now. Uh, get ready for Mulan or, or Pocahontas or whatever. Like, I want you to be just in awe of hand-drawn animation. And, and my favorite animator, well, not my favorite animator, but the one that I, I watched today, and I'm, I'm learning to draw from him, which is Aaron Blaze. He, he directed Brother Bear. He okay. Anim animated uh, the beast. Uh, some anima uh, animated oh, nice. scenes in in the in the Beauty and the Beast in Lion King. He made Nala as a character. A lot of stuff. Uh, but but uh, yeah. Back to my point is like, I thought it was just Icelandic because like we had this like super old classic Icelandic man talking for Mufasa. Of just yeah. like oh my. God, this voice, and then <laughs> and just everything was perfect. And then, yeah. then, sure, sure, the same same actor for for Aladdin and Simba is the same. But we had these like six professional, like out, like they they did this way too well. Like, sure, you can feel they per they 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 went all in on the Lion King. Maybe there was a pressure. 
Like they had to do mm-hmm. it unbelievably well. But I feel like they just kind of went all in on all of them. So so that just sort of brings me back to Christopher Lee because yeah. Christopher Lee, with something you can say about Christopher Lee is that he was always all in doing his yes. absolute best, even when he was in the biggest piece of crap movie. It didn't matter. He because he, he made lots of terrible, terrible movies over the course of his career, and he always is amazing in every single one, no matter how bad the movie is. If Christopher Lee is in it, uh he's gonna turn in an amazing performance and i mean yeah you know that's why like he's one of my top three it's like him peter cushing and vincent price because like they all three of them you know are just like that they are pedal to the metal going for the you know acting for the cheap seats as if it's this amazing production that they're in they're they're doing yeah. hamlet or something and it's like no it could be you know the howling to your sister's a werewolf and christopher lee's like no i'm still gonna treat it seriously um, all in baby yeah but yeah that's I'm really cool about, that's really really cool talking about no wait i am lying to you about my favorite okay my favorite in the fellowship is boromir but okay. my favorite character was always oh now my how my, did you forget the name is out of my my brain oh god let's you're just say you will know his, you will know his name if i if i say this if you know that behind the scene, the sword fell out of the sheath on the horse, on top of the horse. They are roaming around the fellowship. They're stopping them, asking uh-huh. them where they're going. He jumps off the horse, but his sword falls out of the sheath. They never cut it out and they never fixed it. Oh, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't know they, that. They, that they, That's this like a mistake. group of people are outlaws from the kingdom of Rohan. Okay. Because the king is corrupted, so they were outcasts, and I forgot his name, but he's the leader of that group, the horseman oh, uh, of Rohan. Is it is it Aomir? Aomir. It has to be he's, like he's he's Carl Urban playing yes, him. Yes, yes. Aomir. That brother actor, of Aowin. Yeah, I feel I feel like because it's it's so similar to Aowin. Yeah, Eowyn, Eomir. Yeah, it has to be Eomir, yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why it jumped out of my my mind, uh, the name. He's cool. Just, he's, just, he's really cool. He looks awesome. He's got a great helmet. I just, I just uh, always really wish, cool. always wish we had more of a, more time together. <laughs> like, I wanted some, of course, he doesn't interact too much with in the story, but right it was just yeah, so he's... passionate it was so passionate like when he was holding her her dead body there's so much history behind that guy and i wanted to he was such friends with the king and they had this history that we will never freaking know and never see yeah you know rohan's rohan's really a cool uh it's a cool kingdom because it's not the greatest or the best or the prettiest or the most legendary or anything like the like biggins it's just it's just a another good like solid place. It's full the of... Viking place. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kinda. Because every name in in Rohan is very Icelandic. Like the guy who is tricking, who is the worm tongue for yep. the king spilling Grima. all the lies. Grima. Grima is a name. It's a very old Viking name in Iceland. Yeah, I don't think you can name your. It would be a daughter. Grima is kind of a girl name. Uh, it's like a mask in Iceland it means a mask. Okay. So that's kind of cool that his name is yeah. Grima because he's it's like a mask of lies. There's, there's so many things in Rowan where I'm like, 
Icelandic name, Norwegian name, Icelandic name. That could be Icelandic name. That's a Danish name. So like Rohan was like the place where I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Iceland these are, is in the movie. These are your people. It's my people. You're, I live here. You're a horse culture. You had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Aomir <laughs> is... Aomir's wicked cool. Yeah, he yeah. was he was a the helmet. I love that. Yeah, I so loved his cool. helmet. It was incredibly cool. And Carl Urban got to keep that. He uh he's yeah. shown that. Um and, and Carl I, Urban I, I was so glad that so he, many, so many things. He he was in the Lord of the Rings reunion. I love that he was included in that uh, when hmm. they went on the Skype meeting and then everyone was there. Hmm. the main ones the fellowship and but then he was also there i was like wow. cool hell yeah, yeah my boy yeah yeah no he's but my, cool. fa my he... favorite performance by him is um judge dread nice <laughs> yeah i was so, so good <laughs> but I, have to, I have to be honest though half into the movie i didn't really notice yeah but there was there was when he says, I am the law, then I was like, wait, is that? And then I watched just the rest of the movie in the movie theater. I didn't check my phone. But then afterwards, I checked my phone. I was like, God damn it. He tricked me with his <laughs> lips. His, 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 I only see his, his scowl chin. Like, yeah. yeah. But I, that was cool that I didn't understand that this was this actor. Mm -hmm. I should have known, but I just wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. But there was always like small hints. Yeah. If yeah. he would have said, "Take these horses," I was like, "Yeah, that's that's him." Take, <laughs> that's take that's these horses. Well, I mean, that's that's needing to be uh, your your handheld at that point. I think you know maybe that's asking yeah. a bit much. No, he's he's great. He's amazing on the boys. I love him as Billy Butcher. Yeah, the boys, yeah, so uh, cool. Diabolical. I it's feel like this actor is like, is like, you're just so glad when you see that he is now in something. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's, a, and he got, to, and he got to be in the Star Trek movies. It's like unbelievable. Yes. He's, he's, he's bones. It was great. It was in great. the Star Trek movies. Like he really truly is uh, like the king of the geeks, I think. Yes. He just is. And he's always cool. I mean, maybe bones is his least cool quote unquote character, but he's always yeah. cool. He's usually a badass. And uh, he yeah, was in the doom movie. Yeah, I, see, I didn't see that. I didn't with, see that. When, with Win Diesel. Yeah, I didn't see that. He, he wasn't in that. He was good. Uh, no, it's not. It's not Vin Diesel. It's um, it's The Rock. Uh, oh, Dwayne, it's the Dwayne Rock. Johnson. Dwayne, is... Yeah, Dwayne. Yeah. I never saw it though. And uh, there's and stuff, only but... one scene in that movie. Oh, oh, you're you know what? You're you're combining two things because because he is in. Uh, Carl Urban is in a movie with Vin Diesel. He's in the second. He's in the Riddick movie, the the Chronicles of Riddick. Oh my God, he's in Riddick also. Yeah, he's everywhere, man. Yeah. What is this, Nathan Fillion? <laughs> Jesus, those two guys are my favorite ones. Like <laughs> to be in nerdy stuff. Like yeah, even though Nathan <laughs> Fillion is like in Firefly and Serenity, which is my favorite like thing, but like then he was in this and this and this. But but yeah, it's not similar to. You know, he this one is in this. Oh my god, I forgot he's in Riddick. He's everywhere. <laughs> That's man, it just made him cooler. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. He's a cool guy. He's, well, he's yeah, there's got a, a hell scene of a in that uh and it's in that all geek stuff. movie. <laughs> there's a scene where it's a first person shooter scene. Shitty doom movie. 
in that shitty Doom movie. It's it's <laughs> it's a piece of shit. But there is one scene in the end. It's a first person view. Mm-hmm. It's it's computed. It, it's like generated. Okay. Like it's not acted, but it's so cool. That's the coolest thing. And yeah. I was like, why wasn't the movie just like this? With, I bet he was using the BFG. Was he using the BFG? The big fucking guy. Bastards. Must have been. But it's a piece of shit movie. He's a piece of it's a piece of cacodemon shit. That's what that is. Goddamn, goddamn horse shit. Goddamn Rohan Rohan horse shit. (laughs) Oh man. Um so uh that's a good insult. You're a piece of Rohan horse shit. Well, that's the worst. You're not going to hurt anyone's feelings with that. I don't Why did think. you just call me? Yeah, damn right. <laughs> what? What did you just say? But you got to really cheese them off and say it in Icelandic, and then or nor, yeah. uh, you know, you lie like then... the grima you are, you bastard. Oh my god! <laughs> See that? I'm going to go home and cry after this. Now that you said that, your sword doesn't even have a name. <laughs> so I got to If we're you know we're talking video games, and I think we're yeah. coming kind of to the end of our of our conversation. But like you know, yeah. I. I personally have had uh, an experience this year playing some games that came out quite a long time ago, and I I, I don't know if you've played them, but the the shad the Mordor games, the Shadow of Mordor, and uh, yeah. w- whatever the second one is, Shadow of Mordor and second one. Okay, so so I just played those this year, like earlier in the year, maybe it was the end yeah. of last year or something like that. I loved these games. Yeah. Um. What did you What did you think? Of the second uh, I, I I own both, but for some reason I I, I just got confused because like when I installed because I bought both mm-hmm. and then I just installed one of them and I didn't realize that because it's so it's it's both like shadow off and like how am I supposed to know which is what mm-hmm. and right. I, I, I accidentally when I installed the second one I live streamed it on Twitch and someone was like oh that's the second one and I was like but that doesn't but does matter. Because I don't want to uninstall it and reinstall. Like, God damn it. I don't want to uninstall and go install again. Mm-hmm. So I asked, like, does it matter? It's like, it doesn't really matter. But there's this, this you know, this character. Yeah, the story. The the Wraith. Know. It's so cool that they're just like, what? They're making like another fucking ring. And this is mm-hmm. so cool. And this is what I was talking about earlier. Like, unknown stuff mm-hmm. that we will never, we will never hear or see but why not give it to people that have the passion to make it a reality even though it's creative freedom it's not from the pen of Tolkien but it it still has these two games I haven't played the first one but I played the second one and there were so many times where, where, where I was like man Peter Jackson would have done this mm-hmm. Peter Jackson would have done that scene this is a Peter Jackson mm-hmm. scene you know, when because I've seen the trailer for the first game when he's like hammering the ring and mm, yep. the wraith through him, like and when the when he meets the 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 spider woman, uh but now we see she her know. in physical form. I'm like, God damn it, this, this is a Peter Jackson stuff right there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean I would say that if you're gonna play the second one first, if you're really gonna like play through it or something like that, there's a as a game, the first one's just worse. Like the I, second one improved. The, the, yeah, I've heard that. That's the first thing I heard. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's, it's it's like the first in many ways, but it's so many improvements. Yeah, so it's it's and almost characters like also all yeah. So it's yeah, there's extra characters you can be and stuff. But the first one is a great experience. But it's yeah. just like if you play it out of order, then it's like, well, it's going to be a downgrade. 
So, you know, I don't know. I if, play if retro games to... for a living, so pixels are downgrade right. is, is upgrade. Well, I mean, it looks the same. It's just yeah. as a game, there's just more There's more to the second one. But um, yeah, it's uh, an incredible series. I like sort of also love that it didn't go on forever. It's just got two and they're both really worthwhile. And yeah, so yeah. The, the, the Wraith character, Kella Brimbor, is a, a Tolkien character. He's the elf character that made the elf rings of power the the you see him in the show yeah he's in the show he's much less cool in the uh yes. in the games he is so incredibly cool he's so badass yes. and uh i i just adore i adore Kellebrimbor in that game in that game series my god i think and he's I, the most i think he's the most badass elf ever but like there's in some, that there's series. a really cool meme like from the game and from the show like what just happened here it's just a mm. guy in a rope yeah no he's he's super not a big deal he's not really yeah. that cool he's not he's not a bad character in the in this show he's he's fine but for that to be Kella Brimbor, i'm like wow i i just prefer the uh the story that they came up with for the games my god he's so cool yeah. in those games um and yeah just overall the story was amazing and you got to see a different you get to see a different uh balrog because uh, yeah. uh, the only balrog so we know times. is is durin's bane that's it that's it's one yeah. it's the the balrog of moria and there's actually a different balrog that escapes and comes up to surface level and yeah. he's uh he's a, a series of boss battles it's really really cool in the, that second game um, oh, by the way there's a video by so awesome. uh, the the tolkien professor where he goes over all the types of balrog mentioned written oh okay cool. he goes over all of it and uh not many can fly it's just a myth the wings are just not it's not for that neat very cool. No, well, no, he no, flies no. in the he flies in the game. The whatever, yeah, yeah, that, that's just whatever that the Balrog's uh, name was. But the one in Moria, no flying, no flying. There's no flying. Just, yeah, just he's falling, just... just falling, no flying. Uh, but, yeah, right. Makes sense. Well, he's got big wings, right? Why can't he just stop falling and just fly? Can't, well, well, there you go. Talk, he doesn't fly. Talking about that, that is such a badass scene when they're fighting on While the way falling. down. Yeah, that's the yeah. cool circle. Yeah, that, that as a. It was for days, but of course we didn't. That 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 whole section is the one section I I under I can grip the least is when yeah. Gandalf and Balrog the Balrog are fighting and falling and they you know they fall to a top of a mountain and then they're falling through space again and then they're falling and they land in water and then they're you know it's like they're they're going through dimensions or something and it it's just never explained it's never talked about and of all yeah. the things that we're talking about like you know the moments of wonder uh that's the one that i kind of don't like i think it's just too weird for me personally yeah. my my friend uh <clears throat> had the theory about the, the about this it's like you know gandalf is a maya the balrog is a creature of i'm not gonna say gods but like Mm -hmm. Creature of of other worldly things, and mm -hmm. maybe something was happening right there. But I, I'm I'm also like, uh, it could have just been an hour long fall down and a huge, nice, cool battle for two minutes. Didn't have to make it happen like this. And I th I can't remember if how it's described in the book, but I feel it was like, like days, and then they fought on this thing for day. It was days and days, and also when Gandalf goes away to read about the ring, that's weeks. Mm. Frodo is just chilling in the Shire for weeks. Right. Of course, it's not like then in a movie I'll be. Is hilarious. it secret? Is it safe? 
just just again the first just again the first scene in the beginning when he's reading mm -hmm. in the tree but just another tree somewhere else like god damn where have you been Gandalf? i was reading <laughs> i've been this library is i haven't organized. slept i haven't slept i haven't eaten i'm yeah. very overtaxed i could all use the shelves app. in that damn library didn't have al alphabetical what do you say like uh a b alphabetical no, i was just looking for r yeah. r ring no yeah way. yeah <laughs> um so uh let's see so let's let's go through just just let's end here uh yeah. tom bombadil we got to talk about him okay yeah I, he's the biggest mystery of all i was super i have to tell you this when i was listening to the hobbit you know when i was little i didn't really remember this scene like uh frodo waking up and there's like these berries hanging out the window and these songs and then then his his, his um tom's wife like what is her name like like uh something about goldilocks or something it was just like this is very forgot her, her name though i don't remember tom's tom having a wife i don't recall her her name was like very very um king arthur type I always found her name to be kind of odd you can google oh, it, goldberry you know. goldberry i was just so strange i found that to be a strange name but like also just the the look oh so like she's the, not in lord of the rings she's in the poem yeah she's in the poem she's in the um and okay. uh there's a the adventures of, of tom bombadil where she yeah and, she's from that okay and yeah i didn't remember any of this like when she was reading it in school but when i was listening to the hobbit again which i highly recommend and i highly recommend the uh, Andy Andy Circus. Circus. yeah it's on it's on uh it's on audible and it's just so amazing and when he i remember this i was i was driving in the mountains uh a mountain road old mountain road that we can take from my village to another another big village in the mountains i have to take this old road and it's an hour long and so i was listening for an hour and then uh, i was in the section where they go and meet tom bombadil and they go into this area that is in middle earth but at the same time they are no longer in middle earth is this is a very unique different crazy place and tom bombadil is like insanely powerful he just takes the ring off mm -hmm. no effect nothing he's just this almighty being but he's just basically just a big fat hobbit like that's mm -hmm. his lifestyle and yep. um I, I just listening to andy circus describes all the things all the small details but there's always this mysticism this this mystic thing like these two creatures this tom guy who dresses up like some some f character from red dead redemption 2 or something and then this <laughs> what gold goldberry like she's very like this is such a different look and feel from all the things we have heard and seen in this world of middle earth it's so strange and different. Mm. And I'm so glad this wasn't in the movies only because this is so out of place. Right. But it's very interesting to be there uh, listening to Andy Serkis mm. specifically. It can't be anyone, but he he loves this guy and you can yeah. hear it through his description yeah. of, of of reading mm -hmm. this 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 is just from the book this is just talking writing it's nothing nothing is he never goes like off script but he, you can feel like this is a section in the book he was <laughs> really excited to read and finally explain <laughs> to us so it's very interesting yeah. 
It is. It so is unnecessary. He, he's definitely one of the great mysteries. Um, I think my favorite mystery is the two blue wizards, but you know, Tom Bombadil yeah, is the yeah. one that always comes up. And um, I think that the way my opinion on it is a little bit complicated because um, as uh, I don't know if you've heard this thing, Lake, but like, this is something that like, um, like writers would say, um, which is the phrase is kill your darlings. And yeah, yeah. this, this, you know, what it means is, you know, you've come up with something, uh, in your writing, you've come up with this thing and you might love it. You might like be over the moon in love with this thing, but it's not actually what's best for the story. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn as a writer to kill your darlings. Um, meaning take that out because it's better no matter your the fact that you love it is not enough reason for it to be in there does it enhance the the story does it does it make it better so yeah. tom bombadil in my opinion is one of those questionable things now yeah. i think that if i were to be writing a story and i came up with a tom bombadil that had no effect on the the plot never came back he just paused the story and turned it into this weird thing and has never explained that is a darling that needs to be killed for sure mm. but it's also a moment in the book like we're saying all these moments of wonder that yeah. i do really love and yeah. it it doesn't technically work it doesn't not not technically not as a piece of writing there should should not be in there it should have just been a separate story or something like that he could have you know didn't have to be inserted into their journey um yeah at all. i always i always think about this like there's another book by tolkien leaf by nickel uh it's just a guy who wants to who wants to draw he just wants to have peace and quiet and just paint this mm -hmm. picture of this tree okay. it's a really cool story and it's like meaningful this could have just been that frodo yeah. and this people never they never had to be there and the then we never had to knew that this guy was so insanely powerful that he just takes the ring like it's nothing. Like this was so unnecessary. But now I'm like, <laughs> this guy just took the ring like it's yeah. fucking nothing. Yeah. Like who is this guy? Kind right. And that and even then, you're right, we didn't need that, but that is sort of the best part. That's sort of yeah. why we give a shit about Tom Bombadil is because of that. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing is just very bizarre. And it yeah. um, it is a case where I'm glad that the darling didn't get killed for the book because I'm happy it exists and I'm I'm happy to wonder about it. Um, I love that Tom is a mystery uh, on purpose and that was his intention. Um, but but there at is the same a darling time, that I would have liked to see more. I was really disappointed when I saw the the Hobbit movies. Okay, okay, so where just to, just, just, to fit, just to finish real quick. Yeah, yeah. The um, the, you know, I'm glad it was left out of the movie. Is what I was just gonna say. Of course, sure. I think I think that it it does pause the story, and it's already so long. Um, you don't need it. <laughs> it doesn't need it's to a, be. It's that. a really long pause. Also, it's a really long. Yeah, pause. it is. It is. It's, it's a very long pause. So it, many things. It, it is, and um, everything that happens no. has no use at no, all later on no impact on anything at all so that that's sort of my thing with uh with tom but yeah so you're gonna mention bayorn um yeah was so yeah cool I, I do love that to, character in the, in the book like andy circus gave him such a like he had this accent with him and everything and he's just such a crazy guy and he describing his house and all these animals mm. and like i love drawing animals and animals in general like just that's my thing and this guy is so cool and he's like a shapeshifter i'm like oh yeah hell yeah and then nowhere just briefly tiny bit 
just oh. I was also super disappointed with Bayorn in the Hobbit movie as well. Um, yeah, and I'm a de- I'm a defender of those of those movies, but I just feel like man, you expanded one book into three, and you yeah. cut out like a whole ton of of Bayorn's stuff, and he's he's just barely in it. It's just this very abbreviated scene um i think you should have expanded on him if anything they stayed there for a long uh, not a long time they stayed there a couple of times and there was a lot of stuff that gandalf yeah i mean i think they were there for from there yeah i think they were there for quite some time yeah yeah and Um, always uh at night bjorn wasn't there and where is he and then if he got he's a shapeshifter and gandalf knew and Right. Oh, and I mean, oh, maybe, maybe Jackson thought that, you know, if we spend too much time here, he, re- the only purpose for Bayorn is that he comes back at the battle of the five armies. Yeah. Um, but uh, that'll be in two movies from now. So maybe it's going to be like, yeah, yeah people are going to forget all about that guy, but you know what? I would say, uh, I don't know. I think they should have beefed him up or maybe work him in elsewhere. Who's yeah. to say that, you know Gandalf's business in the south, which is my favorite thing that we got to see from from that um, mm-hmm. expanded stuff. We got to see his, you know, going to see the council, like you mentioned already. You mentioned uh, uh, Saruman so the White cool. uh, when he was a good guy, and we got to see that. We got to and we see... saw the the chemistry between him and Galadriel. Absolutely, like, sure, it was made into a love stuff. But I was more interested in just these two yeah. beings just talking. Yes, and we got to see him fight the necromancer, and we got the hint that the necromancer was really Sauron, and yeah. uh, there, you know, we got to to meet uh, Radagast, Radagast the Brown, who I I found him to be interesting, but I don't feel like this actor should have played him. Yeah, yeah, he was too comedic. I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. in love with the with, you know, he didn't need the bird crap in his hair, and like I, I was always fascinated by Radagast the the Brown. Uh, as well as another yeah. mystery. Cause I just love the wizards, yeah. but yeah, I, I was really looking forward to meeting him in that movie. And, and I wasn't Sylvester McCoy did, you know, a, a good job, but I, I do think he was miscast. I don't yeah. think that it's really his fault, but um, I really like, I wouldn't scene have done when it that way. in the house and the spiders are above and, but it's too comedic. He's like, oh, it is it's like it Jim Carrey type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this yes. could have been, uh, yes. this could have, this scene could have been really dark. Like for yeah. example, in the beginning of the fellowship, I feel like these things have to be like, holy shit moment. Like when they're hiding mm-hmm. in, in under the hill and the, and the, one of the writers come above that's that epic mm-hmm. scene. And, like I want that spider stuff to be more, yeah, really scary yeah. type of thing. And but there's one thing that I loved. It was surprisingly, and I I will never <laughs> forget this moment. Is like when they're talking about like they have to. He, he's gonna distract these guys, and it's like, how are you gonna do that? And then it's just like these are Galafor rabbits. I would like to see them try like that. I yeah. loved it. I loved it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. I did I did enjoy that. That uh just Stuff the like mundane this. rabbit seemed that like that was a, lame a very Tolkien thing. That was cool to say like very comedic timing of maybe some something that Tolkien would have like maybe word by word he would have wrote this. I yeah. don't think it was, but this was a very I agree. I and I also really liked that. I liked that they were yeah. these special I would big like rabbits. To see them try. It's like no, they're even faster than horses or something. You know, these are these are way faster. seemingly silly, but they're actually super badass. And I loved that. Yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, I did like I did like Radagast in the movies. I just wanted to love him, and I just couldn't. He was. I just feel like off, he but... was supposed to be the Gimli. 
little bit timing. Yeah. But just, more, but he's too, he's too by himself all the time. He, he barely had, you know, any scenes with people, but that's Radagast. Yeah. He prefers animals, yeah. you know? So, I mean, I guess it kind of, kind of makes sense, but, um, it's okay. But yeah, no, I, I yeah. think there's a lot of good stuff in those Hobbit movies. And, uh, you know, if the thing that annoys me the most is, you know, people complain about them being three movies instead of one book. And, and I'm like, so you're complaining about too much. Like, I don't know. I, d that doesn't, it sounds like a non complaint to me. Do you not like yeah. it because it's, it's bad or cause it's, it's, they made it too long for you. Like, I don't understand. Like, that's just a, such a weird complaint. You're coming yeah. off Lord of the Rings. You understand why they did it. I mean, it's not as good as Lord of the Rings, the movies yeah. at all, but it is still totally like worthwhile. In my opinion, it's very yeah. much more worthwhile than like the star Wars prequels or something, you know, going back to the originals. Mm -hmm. I think they're, they're, you know, it, yes, it really not like, as good, but I quite enjoy that. To me, if I have to describe this, it's like there's three things. Like, I was never excited for this to come out because I was afraid. But at the same time, I was so excited because it's just more yeah. visually. It's yeah. just more Middle Earth for us to watch. Yes. And if if even if something is is wrong and bad, there's always something that is like spot on, nice and, and beautiful. I mean, Martin Freeman as as Bilbo perfect was perfect casting, perfect, and just their their interaction. Yeah, when he comes up to Bagan, and this is the first time that Gandalf ever goes. This is not like in Lord of the Rings when he knocks on his door to celebrate his birthday. Now we're seeing them first this, time. This meet. is the Good Morning it's a special moment, the Good yeah. Morning conversation. Right? Yes. It's so, it's so perfect, <laughs> it and is. it's so sad that it was, uh, it was a, it was a two perfect actors for the perfect roles doing this perfect scene, and then it just never stays like that through all this, all the thing. Like, imagine if all three movies mm -hmm. would have just been perfect, like that scene, like all the scenes in the movie. <laughs> would just be but there's always something that comes up there's always like another scene like that that comes up again yeah. in like 30 minutes well that you know that's minutes. that's yeah. them extending the plot you know i mean and but, also i mean the reason why the hobbit movies are not like the lord of the rings movies is because if you watch behind the scenes of lord of the rings this is what i noticed right away sure there is passion behind making of the hobbit but when you see making of lord of the rings movies they you know shot all three films at the same time they didn't do that with the hobbit they shot two films at the same time and then really small not budget but time smaller time they had to they there were so many times in the hobbit movies that they had a long time to plan um alan lee john howie and all these guys came back to draw and draw and draw and draw and draw and draw and John Howie actually is the artist behind Rings of Power. He did the sketches for that. Okay. But like when you when you watch behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings, you see the passion. You see everyone knows this is a, is a lightning in a bottle, once in a lifetime thing. Yeah. Exactly at the right time, technology is at the, at the right time. New Zealand is the perfect place, even though they should have come to Iceland like a couple of times. God damn it! But it's just perfect. <laughs> and then this is. So this is this is basically what the Hobbit movies are. Mm -hmm. It's the passion of Peter Jackson coming back because no one else can do it right but him. But the studio is 
pressuring and putting too much on Peter. And they are they did not plan the Hobbit movies step by step by step by step like they did every single scene in Lord of the Rings. I feel like these beautiful scenes that we see, like you have maybe many moments that you really like from movie one, movie two, movie three sure. of The Hobbit. And I, th- I feel like those scenes are shot in the mindset like they did back mm-hmm. in the Lord of the Rings. Like that good morning scene. I feel like mm-hmm. that was given time. Mm-hmm. I don't. They didn't have to rewrite anything. But I, mean, I think page, but I, I, see, I like see your point. Yeah, yeah. There are definitely some some scenes you can. I mean, as a, as anybody who's read the book, you're going to know, you know, where the other scenes come up, and you're like, okay, well, sometimes they're they're pointless, or you know, maybe yeah. we didn't need these. But uh, yeah, I, I do think that he he adapted some scenes well. Uh, and you know, Smaug Smaug was was for perfect. Yeah. that's another reason that people hate it, and I think it's a nice answer. Lord of the Rings was made for us, you and me. The Hobbit is not made for us. It's made for our kids. Well, also for us, you know. It's it's for us. It was, uh, I mean that's that's true lie, of the book but, as well. That's true of the book as well. He wrote the Hobbit first, kinda, but he wrote it you know, for his kids. Like the 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 barrel scene with uh, with the sure. horse. That's for the kids. Yeah, so that's But then a so little bit later they're doing something true. else and that's for us, you know. Yeah. It yeah. just, it's hard to balance this. Absolutely true, but also just it, it is really true for the book as well. You know, it was it yeah. that was his kids' book, um, yeah. and uh, wrote it for the he wrote he, it for yeah. his kids. Yes, he did. So and then his kids were older, and you know he kept going, and you know it's no longer a kids' book anymore. And uh, so yeah, yeah, so to go backwards is is yeah. weird. I, I I grant you. I I love I love the Smaug se- sequences uh, you, so much though. I I just wouldn't change anything. Are, what is it? What is it called? Yeah, Riddle in the Dark scene was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Bill talking to Smaug that was mm-hmm. just oh my god! Like there's moments like this, mm-hmm. but can you imagine if Del Toro would have gone through with it and done? There was only supposed to be one. Mm. Not three, one. He was yeah. going to do one movie, and his creature design and all that special, uh, uh, practical stuff. Uh, pra- What's it called? Practical effects, mm-hmm. like he does. It would have been interesting to see the Hobbit in in a non Peter Jackson view, maybe. Like maybe he should have never. Would have been interesting it. to see, but everybody would have still complained. It's yeah, just, it, it would have been. It is what it is. You can't. Sure. You can't. You can't please but everybody. I, I, I would have loved to see how he would have done it. Mm. Yeah. No. I. I. I wish you could go to pocket universes and get like alternate versions yeah. of movies that were almost almost happened. That would be that'd be a fun superpower for sure. No. Um, but hey, I think we've. Uh, I think we've reached. We've been to Mordor. We 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 chucked the the One Ring into Mount Doom into the crack of Mount Doom. We rode oh. the eagles back. Uh, we're One currently thing, hanging out. To, my 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 biggest complaint about the Hobbit movies. This is what I tell everyone. If someone asks me, like, what is your biggest complaint about the Hobbit movies? Well, the the first movie is called An Unexpected Journey, and then the last one was supposed to mean the the original title of the third third one was There and Back Again. Oh, it should have been what, what's it called? Of the book. It's it's called the Battle of Battle of the Five Armies. Oh, okay. Well, it was, uh... the original title was There. And back, back again. again, yeah. Which is the name of the rat thick book that we see in the 
That's that. That's the, Bilbo's the book. book. Bilbo's book. Bilbo. That he wrote. That's yeah. the name of that. So that would have been perfect. That's true. It's a really small complaint, and it, uh, there's <laughs> it so, so many things I could complain about. For but for it me, it's a, like, why did it they is change a small the goddamn title? Yeah, I don't know. They, they're both good titles. I I guess I, the Battle of the Five Armies works too, and it is a more Hollywood title for sure. But yeah, no, yeah. I see your point. No. I would have liked that. You can uh, Google and, and find back, like there was back, a, yeah. there was a print of the poster and the old, old title and everything. Yeah, oh, well. I wanted to see that movie. <laughs> would have been the same goddamn movie just a different title but, but. different experience because you, you see a different logo different text oh man uh well this has been a hell of a lot of fun um yeah so lake tell tell our listeners where they can find you i know you do a lot of twitch stuff um oh yeah yeah um, yeah talk so about yourself. like so like right now like i am a retro collector and streamer and i've been doing like i own like you maybe can't see my game room but believe me this is like like nothing i'm surrounded by by games and there's there's like a lot of sega games on the on the floor and i'm sorry i'm a sega fan but like they are apparently on the floor <laughs> don't apologize uh, for being there's a like a fan. super intent right there also um but what i've been doing recently is i've been going going back to what i love to do is drawing and i've been learning through uh peter Hahn, and hmm. i was thinking about this before i would show this like how can i do this justice and the only justice you guys can do to yourself to to get me what i'm trying to explain is just to go on youtube and just peter Hahn and just go on his youtube channel because this book is has beautiful drawings and it's dynamic sketching is Basically, um, you look at an object, you break it into the most simplest forms you can do, and then you make the details with cross hatching and just small line work, and it just pops out of the page like it's like, like it's something you worked on for hours, but it basically just twenty minutes, and that's like dynamic sketching is to to draw is to see, and I also have the book by Peter Hans Mentor, which is um, which is Norman. This is a I'm the only guy in Iceland that owns this owns this book. This was sent to me by Peter Hahn because wow. I was actually I was taking his his um, course, which was like eight weeks of just dynamic sketching, like five hours once a week, crazy um, drawing animals and and everything. And this sketchbook is is just uh, gorgeous. Uh, a lot of like wow, dinosaur yeah. stuff. I think you might like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. It, we all have you must have some favorite artist of yours and this is quite funny how i came about this is like i was i was i was watching this disney a former disney employee who is his name his name is aaron blaze he was a disney animator at disney for 25 years and then he stopped uh, there was a thing that happened in, in his personal life and then he stopped and then he directed brother bear which is a movie that i loved i loved mm. brother bear and uh i was just trying to figure out like wow they went to yellowstone that's a place i would like to go to and, and see like wildlife and there's a live stream that they did and peter Hahn just just happened to be just one of the guys in that video just randomly found peter Hahn through this and that's how this whole thing started with me so like i am a retro collector i collect retro games i stream video games but lately i've been like you know what five hours of streaming some retro games i I much rather would like to take a pause and go back to not that my passion isn't retro games and stuff but it is but the first thing i ever remember doing ever 
was drawing. Mm. So that's what I did almost every day. So like, I don't know when it stopped, but uh, it's interesting what uh, Peter Hahn said. Like when you are writing with a pen on paper, you're drawing. You're just, you're, you're just not drawing a horse. You're writing your name, but writing your name is no different than drawing a horse. You're doing the line work. You're doing uh, the S has to exactly be like this and all that. So uh, it's hard to explain, but like if you want to check out Peter Hahn, just check yeah. him out. He live streams and we call him the printer. He doesn't ha- he doesn't use pencil. He has pen only. And he you just you just see him look at the page and then he's like, hmm, OK, I want to have his arm reaching out there. And then sometimes he just starts drawing the toe. He doesn't start with the eyes, the stuff that we always do. The eye has to be mm-hmm. perfect. We maybe start with the <laughs> helmet or whatever. I always just did like, do that. Oh, I'll just start drawing this flower like way here in the background. And then just like, it's like he's cheating. <laughs> or like that guy at school that came with this beautiful artwork from home, but he traced it. That's Peter, but he didn't trace it. He did <laughs> right. this. And it only took him like 50 minutes. So, yeah, so what, what I've been doing lately. Uh, Peter Hahn, H-A-N. Peter Hahn. Yeah, H-A-N Peter is Han. the last name for, for those. And he's Peter Hahn style on, yeah, on the gram. And uh, the beautiful thing about this, uh, which I didn't realize when I took the course, uh, it cost a lot, but I was like, God damn, I don't care. Uh, this, is, yeah. this, is, this is real, real yeah. things that I'm passionate about. And in the beginning of the class, he was like, okay, uh, when you... Uh, I want you guys to do the course, uh, do the do the assignment. But what I want you guys to do most is just to get a sketchbook. Nothing in the sketchbook has to be perfect. If if you have a horse and everything is wrong, it doesn't matter. Just draw it again, draw it again, I draw it again. And the main thing, and this is something I didn't expect, and this changed everything for me. Just this one random course that I went on with Peter Hahn. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. now I want you to go outside and draw from life. And I never thought about this. Like, I live in this beautiful place. I mm-hmm. live in Middle Earth, basically. Like mm-hmm. the landscapes around me are unbelievable, and I've I've only gone a couple of times, just out in nature, just me, with a pen and a sketchbook, and it is just, it's like maybe with you when you just have a good time with yourself and you read a book, and there's something about that small quiet moment between you and that book that you're reading, or me outside in listen to the birds and the water stream and the wind and just drawing. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know why I never went outside to draw. Maybe because I thought it from school, it was boring to go in <laughs> art class in school, go to some goddamn museum to draw some freaking statue of some guy that I don't care about, like, or draw some boxes. Like the sun is here and the, the shadow is here, but I will, I'm telling you this and I, I will try to be really short for this. Every single line that Peter Hahn puts down on the paper is magical because <laughs> he nice. does like a circle. I'm like, wow, that's a pretty good circle, but he's just doing like a demo. What the hell is this? And then he draws a line through the circle and he calls the call this the balloon. This is the beginning of everything, the balloon. And then he he did three balloons. I was like, why is he drawing balloons? It's just this is just what people are saying that they can't draw, which is stick freak, which is just a circle and, and, and a line. Everyone in the world can do a circle and a line. And then he proved this by doing a giraffe. He did a lion and an elephant, all with the same just circle and a line. And he did all this in like 20 minutes. And it was like, 
it was like perfect but it was just a sketch in his eyes because he is just a wizard so wow. to me magic nowadays is not some guy with a rabbit from a hat it's <laughs> watching peter hahn live streaming he he talks to us the audience sometimes he's talking to us but he's also drawing at the same time and mm -hmm. i don't know how he doesn't get distracted he's like he's like there there is a on his instagram he drew a picture of gandalf i'm gonna have to send you this picture he he, he drew a picture of gandalf in his in his style his style is the best style i've seen like i've seen alan lee and all this and you have must have some our artists that you love but you you might understand this and the people watching or listening there's this one style that picks your interest and your friend doesn't like it but it picks your interest this yeah is the line work that that your eyes enjoy to look at mm -hmm. right and, and i i always like sure when i was reading manga shonen style like naruto one piece all that stuff bleach i was cool but it was always that shonen style it was always very similar mm -hmm. comedically made faces but yep. then I just saw Peter Hahn draw. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is the style I've been looking for, baby. Step away, Alan Lee. Put your pencils away. This guy uses pen and ink. Wow. It doesn't that's, really, that's, that's really cool. Alan Lee, well, noob. That's, that's, that's really cool. So uh, Peter yeah. Hahn, I had never heard of this guy, but I'm definitely going to look all into him now. My God. Instagram. Um, that is, that is quite a, quite a commercial you just did for Peter Hahn. So. so yeah, basically, so like I am a retro streamer and collector, and what you see right now is like my hobby. This is like my hobby, like retro games, vintage stuff, like Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Famicom, NES, all that stuff. Sure, but lately I've been mm. putting your this passion has been leading you in a different direction. Like, like this is the passion that I went through life. Like I grew up with a Sega console mm -hmm. and all that, but now I've been going back to like the first thing I ever did in my life. Well, of course, I, I I came out. That was the first thing. But the, the second thing is uh, right. drawing. So, and I remember the first drawing I ever did. I am not, I'm not lying. Like even Peter said he remem remembers he was drawing horses with his grandfather. And I was with my grandfather, the, the one from the Back to the Future episode. <laughs> right. And he was drawing Same birds. Guy. Same guy. He was drawing birds. I was drawing birds. Nice. And where were we? Inside? No, we were outside. So, me going outside to draw there from life it took me out of this small room my game room always being in the computer it took me outside but not like oh man i'll better go walk outside for 20 minutes no it, it's it's magical yeah nice i'm frodo <laughs> you're 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 painting you're you're just having adventures uh through yeah. your art that's what matters. No, it's yes. great to work on yourself. And, uh, you know, it sounds like you rediscovered a passion that was always there. That's really cool, man. I'm really happy yeah, for like, you. It's like the, it's like, um, you know, when this is very interesting, like when you, everyone draws at some point in your life, but then you just stop because yeah. you just, why are you drawing? You, you should, you should write. Everyone needs to be able to write, but writing <laughs> is drawing. You're drawing the letters on the page. You're doing circles. Yeah, when in in the Icelandic language we have many like runes, circles and lines. And when you when you do uh, a big A, it's a triangle. You just miss the lower part. When you do mm -hmm. a, a small A, it's a circle. And a, everyone is drawing all the time when you're writing with a pen. See, 
See, so you, you guys out there, you're <laughs> you fools. You you've been drawing this whole time. <laughs> when you when you write your full name, you're drawing on naked woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what I'm trying to say is, if you have many passions, it's good. Th- it's good to stop. Put this one on hold and go back into the that other one. Yeah, don't fight. For it. example, like maybe you have something that you have been meaning to get back into, maybe drawing or or writing again, like or or voiceover, like you told me in the beginning, you were doing some voiceover for your book or other other ones book or you know, it's been uh it's been super nice and 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 yeah, and it nice. all started with me just like not looking up video games on youtube and looking up some guy that i love to watch him draw and then right well you know like for me uh for me you know the difference between those two things because you know i love video games too we you know obviously on retro redoxopus we talk about them quite a bit and post about them quite a bit and all that stuff um it's the difference of a passive and a uh oh what's the opposite of passive uh like it's I'm the the English word is is just out of my head. Massive. Um, I don't know. No, it's it's. I'm. You're either creating something or you're just yeah. passively enjoying something. So yeah. so it's like, well, you know, yeah, it's fun to play a, a game or whatever. I love doing that. You know, it's great, yeah. and uh, you have your experience. And you get the story that way, and and uh, it's just like reading or whatever. But you're just you're just enjoying something that's already there. But there is yeah. something different about creating about making music or art or poetry or writing or anything it's a you're part you, of you you are putting yourself to paper um yeah. so i guess active and passive are the two words i'm really looking for so active really is the other word but yeah uh, the, the yeah. yeah exactly so there's something just really truly different about creating and i don't care yeah. what you're creating but i think it does it it fills it it, it scratches a different itch you know, yeah. it really does scratch a different itch. Like I am currently playing, I'm like f- sort of forcing myself to step away because I I've been working on a my my next book um, yeah. pretty solidly f- since uh, January, and I'm I'm not going to say what it is yet, but um, it's the one after Black Honey, and so from January to about last week, I had been very obsessively trying to get this done and you know i have not touched a video game in that time not for one second so Mm. i have been playing uh monster hunter world which um 8-bit alchemy uh, had loaned me with you know some other older ps4 games that he had just had and loved you know years ago and i just never even touched the same thing with the the mordor game same exact thing shadow yeah. middle earth and stuff like that's why i had those so late because tim was like oh you know just i don't know just just have these and just borrow them <laughs> as long as you want and get to them whenever i don't even care and you know i'm done with them so i'm playing monster hunter world and i've never played a monster hunter game and it's a you know kind of a kind of a learning curve and stuff but you know i'm having i'm having fun with it for sure but i yeah. don't anticipate me spending like a hundred hours with this thing really because i'm already getting the bug of like i want to make sure i i keep going i think it's important to take breaks um, yeah but so i so i took a week and i was like okay you know i'm going to do this and and just not even think about writing anything but yeah like you said before before we had this interview i was i was um recording some of my audiobook for for black honey which is the book that just came out so uh 
I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. There is truly something about something addictive about creating your own stuff. And when you start to get into a flow and work it into your schedule, um, it sort of feels like you need that, you know, you gotta yeah. keep making new stuff, whatever it is. Um, so because I think I feel like I think it's you great are it. enjoying other people's work by playing these games, but then you are doing, I'm not going to say it's your destiny or something, but you're do you're, you're doing, you're being you and you're mm -hmm. doing your thing, your specific, your thing, which is writing right. that text that no one else is going to write, but you exactly. And that is and, something that calls you. And, and for me, yeah. like talking about a schedule, here's my schedule. Next time I have seven days off, like I work seven days and I have seven mm -hmm. days off. And it usually, and this has been a, a habit and this is a bad habit. I've been realizing that now. Well, not now I, I I've known this, but like, it's always the same, like, like the first day of my break, I try to sleep in like a little bit, but then I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I, I have to play this video game. I have to go live and stream this game right now. Like I don't have to do any of these things. I, I feel like people are waiting for me to go online and do this and this and this and I have to play this game. This game is coming out now. I have to download this one, blah, blah, blah. But now um, I was like, you know what? Next seven days, I am just going to do, and here's like a schedule dynamic sketching that's the only nice. thing i wrote and what it means is sure maybe i'll be in this game room but i will be looking at a, a, a picture of an elephant that i i took a personal picture of when i went to estonia and mm -hmm. i'll be sketching that elephant and learning or watching a video by peter han or or uh, that's the computer stuff but i'm not mm -hmm. gonna put a game on nothing right nothing like that and right. then the next day is draw from life I leave this house and I go outside with my sketchbook. And um, it's quite funny that uh, John Howie, which is one of the artists of the Lord of the Rings, yeah. he, he was holding this big um, watercolor sketchbook. And he was like, this is the newest version. Um, it has HD. He was like describing this like a laptop, but it has a, has a, has a white screen, which is the, the paper. And he was making fun of us hanging all of that time watching the world through the laptop when the world's out there you can just mm -hmm. right go ahead and check it out so, right yeah. nice all right man well that's some good stuff good food for thought i'm happy you found your new passion your old passion is your new passion that's really awesome um yeah. it was Crazy. you know fun to chat about lord of the rings finally i'm glad we had you on and uh this is our first crow's nest of <laughs> season five and it's your first appearance of season five. So, uh, you know, thank yeah, my you character for... died and I came back. You came back. Season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you're now you're uh, Berker the white. Yes, that's. that's oh, I'm your... also wearing this. I don't know. I don't know if you noticed. The leaf. Oh, 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 you got you the... got the leaf from uh, from the fellowship. That was yeah, that was in your day. Me in the chest. The Lambus bread is still good too. By the way, the Lambus bread it's still that's that that yeah. stuff keeps like you wouldn't believe. One um, bites feel a grown man. <laughs> All right, guys. So I think that just about wraps up the episode. I'm gonna get us out of here. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you've endured this week's journey over the waters and the lands and the mountains of Middle Earth. Um, you know, because that's the stuff that made growing up awesome for some of us anyway, certainly, certainly the two of us anyway, yes. hopefully some of you, if you like what you've heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, also head on over to our 
the Retro Octopus YouTube channel. There's some new videos up there. Maybe this one will be there at some point, too. I don't know. It's really up to Nintendo. He's the video guy. But um, as well as uh, being part of the Inebria Podcast Network, Retro Octopus is also a full-fledged member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like Shark Bites, The Loudest Sports Show, The Scream Sisters, Amalga Files, What's That Noise? Oh, there's so many. There's over 30. 30 shows. You can also check out Epic Tales from the Sewers with Justin Cooper and the Weekly Warp Pipe with our buddy Russ Lyman. All sorts of good stuff out there. Uh, for more information on or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit thedorkening.com and be sure to check out our killer sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. It's amazing. It's delicious. They probably don't ship to Iceland, but you know, maybe they do. I don't know what they do. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to speak for them. They, they might. They might. Uh, I have been your host. My name is Parasite Steve the Gray. And as indeed a sad thing, your adventures have ended here. Good night, everybody. (laughs) 